schadenfreude everybody must have screamed ah he's a sung hero a little pushy pushy are you back from listening to stairway to heaven twice now those are just words i looked up on the internet unreasonable doubt a podcast about west virginia university basketball starts now Hello from the studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt. This is episode 19, the Texas Longhorns, and baby dog effect is not a thing. I mean, no disrespect to baby dog, but the picture of Bob Huggins, Ren Baker, Governor Justice, and baby dog uh, could not overcome what we've talked about on this podcast about bad things are going to happen when you lose four games in a row and West Virginia lost to a really good Texas team, a top 10 in whichever computers, humans, that's a really good Texas team coming off of a loss and their experienced players acted like they were experienced on the road. And West Virginia has experienced guys, and I'm just not seeing it. And so West Virginia was picked ninth in the preseason. They find themselves in ninth place after seven Big 12 games. And so it's already time to start looking at brackets. Like you're seeing that one guy for ESPN and his predictions, and he's not the know-all, be-all of brackets. I use bracket matrix. And West Virginia – is one and six. Let's just get practical. Okay. I've told you what history says about losing four in a row, but let's say, Josh, that's the history. You know, you, that doesn't guarantee what's going to happen in the future. You're right. So let's practically talk about this season and not dwell on what happened the night of when, even when West Virginia was hanging tough in the first half, had a two point lead. Um, had a lead in the second half and then gave up a run and just did not do things that you can do to win a game. And you can't, you can't win with 20 turnovers, whether you're in Morgantown, whether you're in Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, all 50 States, Virgin islands, Guam, 20 turnovers in a game. It's going to be tough to win that game. And that's what West Virginia did tonight. They had a few games where the turnovers are getting better. They were not good tonight. Did they miss close-up shots? They sure did. Did they miss free throws when in crunch time? Yes, they did. Did they miss a ton of wide-open shots, not even just two-footers, but step-in three-point shots wide open that they've made this season? They did not make hardly any of those tonight. And only lost by eight, which is bizarre. But let's not get into that. Let's just practically look at what West Virginia has moving forward to figure out how West Virginia can get to the NCAA tournament. Let's not talk about uh, Eric Stevenson post crotch grab and what's happening there. And we talked about him being sick and being in uh, the hospital at some point, but there is Eric Stevenson before that gesture in Stillwater, and there's Eric Stevenson after that. And the post Oklahoma State Eric Stevenson 
is not the same guy. And if you boil it down just the roster and what's happening with guys on the court, the biggest trend either way is Eric Stevenson's trend downward from that point uh, in the Oklahoma State game where he did that and then subsequently fouled out. He has not been the same guy. And then tonight, Jimmy Bell, as great as he was, the last game, foul trouble, Woggy comes in, instant fouls. Okonkwo plays well, but it was the big guys and Trey Mitchell uh, had some moments against his former team, but could not be effective in the second half and didn't hardly see him with the ball. To be brutally honest, did not see him with the ball. But Stevenson's been the biggest change and how that's affected the games after the Oklahoma State game. He just hasn't been the same for whatever reason. And that's had an effect on the results of the games. But let's not dwell about let's not dwell in in that in the 20 turnovers and Joe Toussaint showing up with four minutes left. Uh, there is a Joe Toussaint is hiding on the bench problem. And Joe Toussaint, let's all be honest and and be honest with ourselves as far as what we know about basketball and how it compares to the guys playing for WVU and the coaching staff and the Hall of Fame coach. And when Huggins was asked about this tonight, he he took the blame on his shoulders, 100% my fault that Joe Toussaint did not play a lot of minutes. Joe Toussaint is one of the best, you could argue five guys, and but let's just say he's one of the best seven guys, just to put that universe of seven. And you're, if you're in the group of seven, then you can't sit the whole second half. You just can't do that. I don't think that has an effect on WVU winning or losing this game. It's just a bad look. It's just a, it makes you think as a, as you're watching the game, maybe he's injured. Maybe something happened. Maybe something behind the scenes, what he's doing in practice. He, this is a thing. It's not, this is not the first game that this has happened. Talked about this on the podcast a few episodes ago. And I don't, I don't have a good reason why one of your seven best players is not playing a lot. And I think he's better than the seventh best player. And you figure it out. Yes, he's a point guard and you've got two point guards and you're playing Kedrian Johnson a lot. And Kedrian Johnson had another good scoring night tonight, was not as good as he was in the TCU game. Lots of turnovers from Kedrian tonight. Um, But Kedrian Johnson and Joe Toussaint play together, and I hardly saw that tonight in the second half. And really in the first half, and let me let me look. What how many how many minutes did Joe Toussaint play? Joe Toussaint played 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't I don't know how he has 10 minutes and he had the eighth most minutes on the team, 10 minutes. And there are, spoiler alert, there are guys above him as far as minutes that in my personal rankings would not, would be below Joe Toussaint. I'm not going to say how many, 
But Joe Toussaint should, again, and Bob Huggins said it's on him, and he is a Hall of Fame coach. He's got the orange jacket. I don't have a good, I don't have a good answer why, why that's happening. But let's skip all that. Let's not. Let's get back to the schedule. <laughs> let's look at the schedule. How do we get the Mountaineers to the NCAA tournament with maybe a change of fortune here, and maybe something clicks, and maybe uh, if you boil it down, maybe Eric Stevenson snaps out of the slump and goes gangbusters and goes Joe Alexander. 2000, 2008. All right. Let's just throw that out there as a possibility. And is that the most shocking thing that would, it would be shocking if, if, <laughs> if Eric Stevenson went on a run that got him to the draft lottery pick <laughs> for the NBA. <laughs> Isn't that insane? That happened. That happened. Joe Alexander in like a 15 game stretch became a NBA lottery pick. Let's but besides let's get all let's get all that out of the way. Let's focus in here. Schedule. So West Virginia sits at 11 and 8. If you look at the bracket matrix this week, West Virginia is on the bubble. It they're squarely on the bubble and riding in and out of being selected according to the people that follow this based on results. They were they were staring outside of the bracket according to bracket matrix before the TCU game. Then they're in after the TCU game. And I would guess after this game, they're going to be out again, but they're not going to be off the bubble, still going to be on the bubble. Okay. So you have 11 big 12 games left and the matchup with Auburn next Saturday. Okay. So here's here's what's going to happen, and it's a daunting task, and I'm not going to tell you what chance I'm giving this. I'm just giving you West Virginia's path to the NCAA tournament. Here's what you need. Texas Tech at Lubbock this Wednesday is a must-win game in, in, this, in this exercise of getting WVU in the NCAA tournament. Here's the problem. Texas Tech has not won a conference game yet. They are 0-7. And guess who they would want to get a win against? They want to win against anybody. But looking at their schedule, they're like, if we're going to get on the board, it's going to be at home against the team that only has one win in the conference. And West Virginia has not won a conference road game in long time. You could argue, let me go back here. The last road win in conference that wasn't under the COVID restrictions is at Iowa State, March 2020. That's the last time it happened. Okay. (laughs) So it's been a while. And West Virginia has not been great in the last uh, season and a half. And you have to throw out 2021 because there was hardly anybody in those buildings. So it's been a while. Um, But for West Virginia, on the flip side, to get a win on the road, your first win in buildings that don't have COVID restrictions as far as attendance since March of 2020, it's going to be against an 0-7 Texas Tech team. Okay, so must win. 
So in the you lose four in a row scenario, it this game does not matter. In getting them in the NCAA tournament, this absolutely matters. And if they lose this game, then that's it. Then it is in that scenario, game over as well for the season and a slide into mediocrity. Is that is that a word? <laughs> okay. Auburn game, it'd be great to win that one at home, not a must win. So here's here's the formula. You got to win both games against Texas Tech. Must win on Wednesday, catch them when they come back to Morgantown in February. So that's two wins. That gives you three Big 12 wins, all right? Then you look at the rest of the league home games. Oklahoma comes to Morgantown. You've, you've struggled with them. That's iffy. Iowa State, you've you've done fairly well against Iowa State in Morgantown. So they are really good. They, they are sitting uh, in the top half of the conference and are having a fantastic season, and they are all about a rock fight. Um, but you got to get them at home. So that's that's three wins. That gets you up to four conference wins. And, and the goal here is eight, right? So Oklahoma State comes back to Morgantown. Revenge game. You got to get that one. That gets West Virginia up to five wins. Kansas State, who is at the top of the Big 12, but they're coming to Morgantown on senior day. Maybe they've got the maybe they've got the conference regular season championship wrapped up and they're looking forward to conference tournament and maybe taking it easy and you get Kansas State, right? So that's six wins. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout. But DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Sunday divisional games, fantastic. Bengals-Bills, fantastic. 49ers versus Cowboys, taking me back to my childhood. Great stuff. Looking forward to it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, so we're two wins short. So we need that Oklahoma game. So I know that's been iffy, but you need that. So that gets you the seven wins. Then your away games are all against the top half of the league. And it's at TCU revenge game. TCU smoked Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse, like woodshed style. Jalen Wilson was amazing. Everybody else was not amazing for Kansas. And they took a whooping to TCU, the team West Virginia just beat. So that's going to be a problem. At Texas, I'm going to be there for that game. In Austin, that's going to be a problem because you couldn't beat them at home. Baylor, problem. That's a way. At Kansas, West Virginia's never done that. 
and then at Iowa State, problem. Because they are really good, and when they're really good and they're playing at home, that's a tough place to play. So where is it? I don't know where it is, but you got to get one of those very difficult road games to get the eight wins. That's the path. And that's a tough path. And that is a um, – I don't – again, I'm not going to say the chances of them being able to make that path happen. But the away games are all very difficult. Five of those games outside of the, the game in Lubbock on Wednesday, two of those are two-game road trips. And, so, and it's a Saturday-Monday. It's just – it's brutal. And when you look at that and say, man, that's brutal. How are they going to do that? It really – you know, crystallizes the the missed opportunities they had at Kansas State, at Oklahoma State. You get one of those, then it makes the math easier in this scenario. Unfortunately, if you get, well, if you get the Oklahoma State game, if the crotch grab doesn't happen and West Virginia has Eric Stevenson for the rest of the game and they pull that one out, then – you're good in both scenarios, right? If everything else is the same, then you just have a three-game losing streak. You beat TCU, and now I think Texas Tech is still a must-win at Lubbock, which is rough because historically, since they've gotten better with Chris Beard and now the guy who looks like he should have a fisherman's hat on with with <laughs> with the hooks in it, uh, that's been that's been a very difficult place to play. Tonight was bad. The Huggins post-game press conference mirrored what we saw as far as what you what you probably felt during that game. Uh, and it's not good. So that and that feeling, not good. And there's no there's no talk of like let's get let's put a run together. Uh, Huggins was in. Uh, I told you I'd fix it, and right now I'm not doing it. And I've let the state down, like just really not glass half full talk from Huggins tonight. And you can't expect glass half full after that game. And what stinks is that it's not like Texas is DePaul. It's not like Texas, it's not like one of these years where Oklahoma State is kind of fumbling around, but they have a great game in Morgantown. And we've seen that before, you know? It's not that. Texas is really, really good. And that's the scenario you are in in the Big 12. And so that gets to my, it kind of crystallized for me tonight trying to make sense of this season so far. And in the in kind of the, the big picture, if you look back in since in the Huggins era, you look at specific recruiting classes that have kind of been the cornerstone of a four-year run. And when Huggins comes in and his first really recruiting class of his guys, he brings in Kevin Jones and Truck Bryant and other guys. Devin E. Banks was in that group and others along the way. But the cornerstone of Kevin Jones and Truck Bryant both stayed four years and in their four years, four trips to the NCAA tournament, and a Final Four run. Then a couple of years, not so hot. And then, a, and then the recruiting class that includes Javon Carter, Daxter Miles, Devin Williams, 
But let's focus on Carter and Miles because they are the the constant in the four years of Press Virginia. And with them as the cornerstone for four seasons, you get four trips to the NCAA tournament, three Sweet 16s with Carter and Miles there for all of them. A couple years that don't work out. Well, really just one year that doesn't work out, right? But you go the 2020, before the 2020 season, looking at history, you've got your two cornerstone guys. You've got Deuce McBride and you've got Oscar Sheebway. You've got a McDonald's All-American and a guy um, who was really talented in Deuce McBride that somehow landed at WVU. And two different paths on how they get out of WVU. One does really well and does improves enough to get drafted in the NBA draft. And one guy doesn't make it through his second season and transfers to Kentucky. And then the following season, he's national player of the year. But your cornerstone, in theory, that's your cornerstone. And the cornerstone disintegrates in two seasons. And so this is the fourth season. You know, Oscar is playing at Kentucky as a senior. Deuce McBride would be a senior. And so with the other pieces around, how do you think that looks compared to what what's happening? And yes, everything's changed in this in this last window, you know, with NIL and a free transfer year. That's all changed and that that wasn't available. So, you know, we're getting in the hypotheticals on if, if the NIL rules were in place when Huggins comes in 2008 and when Carter and Miles get recruited. And so it's not an it's not a true apples to apples, but your cornerstone was there and then it and then it was gone and then last season and what's in those cornerstones? Uh, you have leadership. Kevin Jones, Shrug Bryant, leaders. Obviously, Deshaun Butler. <laughs> it, it makes it sound like I'm discounting the the efforts of the beeline guys. It just works for my cornerstone model of guys who come in as a freshman, leave as a senior, since Huggins has been coach, um, and the success that came with those while those while these guys that I've mentioned were here for four years. And it's happening in other places. I mean, you look at Kansas, Jalen Wilson has been there four years. Um, there, it, you don't have it as much, but you do see that. You look at the guys at UCLA and, and North Carolina struggling, but you see guys who have been there a long time. And that leadership quality is not is not there with the with this group and there was and there was a leadership vacuum last season and those guys that i mentioned the cornerstones you had leadership kevin jones and truck bryant were leaders and javon carter and daxter miles i mean daxter miles was starting as a freshman and javon carter obvious leader in those i would say the last two seasons and then uh and then cut to i think deuce i don't know I think that's the wild card, right? Is Deuce a leader? I think he would have developed into that year three, year four. He didn't have it his second year, but he's just so talented. Oscar, I don't know if he's a leader guy either, but just super talented. 
Um, anyway, that, that's, that's all hypothetical stuff. And you start talking about hypothetical stuff when it's not going well. Like the hypotheticals, you you maybe mention those when things are going well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're this good. Imagine if like you could do you do that, but it's not the it's not the <laughs> the first five things you think about it's on down the list when you've exhausted how great things are going then you're like oh and then it could be this you know but when things are going bad we go to hypothetical land (laughs) to try to figure out it just try to wrap your head around why it's not going well um so that's uh so there you go that's the path uh but also the path is already gone if you believe that West Virginia is going to have a losing season when they lose four games. This episode of Unreasonable Doubt is sponsored by Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles. You know how it works. Call 304-416-3631. Here's a sample call that you could make to Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles. Hello, Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles. Hi, I'm Josh Witt. Guess what? I've got Voltron, all of the Voltron, all put together, and I've got the individual pieces. Do you want it? Great. Uh, and you'll give me cash? See? And, and scene. So definitely with your Voltron, with your comic books, with your action figures, with your collectibles, call that number. Have your conversation with Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles and get cash. Also, you can go out and about February 3rd through the 5th, Parkersburg area, Grand Central Mall. Freeman Sports Cards and Collectibles will be having a card show and collectible show. So they'll be there at the Grand Central Mall. Be with them February 3rd through the 5th. Check out what they have. Freeman's Sports Card and Collectibles. Shout out to the WVU women's basketball team. They have a new coach and they have a winning record in the Big 12 Conference. They got a 10-point win today versus Texas Tech. And so not really like a major rebuild. I mean, they got a lot of new faces and, of course, a new coach. But Coach P in her first season doing great. Shout out to the women's team getting it done. WVU men's basketball, their next game is Wednesday. 7 p.m. ESPNU on the road. WVU faces the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And as we talked about, if you're finding a path for WVU to make the NCAA tournament, this is a must win. This is one on your list that you got to have if you're going to find a path to the NCAA tournament. And this is a basement brawl. This is a a seller fight, <laughs> if you will. Texas Tech, they have obviously not won any Big 12 games. They took Oklahoma to overtime at home. They they lost to Kansas by three at home. They lost by 10 today in Manhattan. They've struggled. They have not gotten a win. They are starting a freshman and two sophomores, which kind of stands out in this league. And they have O'Banner back, and they've got Harmon, who's on his third college team, 
And I know he gave WVU fits when he played at Oklahoma. And so, again, if you're finding a path to the NCAA tournament for WVU, this is West Virginia's third must-win of the season. West Virginia 0-2 so far (laughs) in must-wins. And it's a tough place to play. Uh, The team you're playing is definitely looking for their first win. And – Look, if they get it, then West Virginia is tied with Texas Tech with one win in conference. But Texas Tech can say, well, our one win is against you. So I think we are ninth and you are 10th. And I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair way to look at it. We'll see what happens. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Just or just Apple Podcasts. That's a great way to listen. Or YouTube. Until next time, I'm Josh with WVU for the 2022-2023 season. They have 11 wins and they have 8 losses. 